I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Okay. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking about um, Paul and not you. Mm-hmm. Paul we're reading about. Sure. <laughs> and uh, his conversion. I was thinking more about what he was doing before he was converted. He was a Pharisee, right? Yeah. He was a teacher. Mm-hmm. But then we talked uh, yesterday, or last time I should say, about him also being trained um, as working with canvas and cloth, like in tent making. Yeah. So he had some manual skills, but he was also a a scholar. Was that normal yeah. in the time to have both training? I'm not sure. Well, you wouldn't be able to train to be a actual rabbi until, oh, I think it's 30 is when you can actually start teaching and be a rabbi, and then you have to retire when you're 55. So it could be that while you are studying under someone, you also have to learn some kind of useful trade oh. of some sort. That w- That's my guess. Is that a this. Pharisee rule, or is that somewhere in the Bible? That's in the New Testament. They start talking about that in Thessalonians, because some people... Who, the Pharisees say this, or...? No, Christians. They want their pastors only to work from 30 to 55? No. What's... That, that's the... Explain what you're saying. 30 to 55 is a was a Jewish law. I don't know if it's in the... Actual, it's in Leviticus. I don't believe so, but they had, so. they had uh, another set of laws that they added, in something called the Talmud, and they would have more of kind of the. Well, I mean, it might be in Leviticus. There was something about ages, but I don't remember. I can't remember. We'll have uh, to check that out. Yeah. Well. Well, I just didn't know because it seemed like maybe he changed careers. But that was probably, everyone had to work. I mean, no one was really, lived a life that was so cushy you could only be a scholar, right? Sure. I, they're, especially in Jewish, I mean, the Greeks may have had some people like that. But it seems for the most part, people did something that contributed to society beyond just thinking about things. Yeah. Unless you were royalty, you, I think you would have to learn some kind of trade to make money. It's not like they had these university positions where you could just yeah. think and research your whole life. Yeah. So. I was just thinking about that because he, I mentioned in the notes yesterday that he was trained in this and you know, he was able to work with these people and, you know, but he also knew all of this stuff about the Bible. So he had, he had a lot of training in a lot of ways. So he was pretty. Well, did it say that he was trained in tent making or you just worked with them? I wonder if he well, just got there and they said, hey, tent making's not that hard. All you got to do is blah, um, blah, blah. And he said, oh, 
the note, smart guy the note in the Bible, which I don't know where <clears throat> all of the self-study notes come from, but it said, Paul would have been trained in this trade as a youth. It was the Jewish custom to provide manual training for sons, whether rich or poor. The term could refer to canvas sails and large ropes for ships as Paul's hometown Tarsus was 10 miles from the Mediterranean Sea. Hmm. So a tent maker could have been a sail maker is what it's saying. But hmm. It's it kind of a worker of canvas then, huh? Yeah. So the, the Bible verse actually says, because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Okay. So he... I was just, just thinking about his background. Is he a tent maker? Is he a Pharisee? Or was it common to kind of have both? And the, you know, I guess most people start out with a manual job sometime when they're young or in high school and you work your way through college. So everybody's got a skill, or maybe a surprise hidden skill. But anyway, just was thinking about it. All right. Chapter 19 today. Paul in Ephesus, and we'll get started. Sounds good. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There are about twelve men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Do you want to stop and talk about that for a second? Sure. There's there's a few things. I mean, to go back. Yeah, we can go back. A little bit earlier. Uh, so again, Apollos is in Corinth, and Paul is here. And 
we have another reference to the baptism of John versus Jesus's baptism. Uh, John's baptism was this baptism of kind of a, 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 I don't know how to say it, a confirmation of their faith. So when someone confessed that they believed, they were baptized, and then being baptized, that was a, a symbol of their commitment to the Lord. And there are churches nowadays that still do that, that they look at baptism as something that the believer does for the Lord to but show this commitment. Say, and now I'm not looking, I'm just trying to recall, but doesn't it say that John was baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, a tri- triune baptism? I don't no? believe so. Okay. Well, but when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down. Right, the Holy Spirit comes down. John baptized with water, but you will receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is coming on these people, when in the early New Testament church, that means that they would receive these special gifts of the Spirit, which could be speaking in tongues or healing or different things that would confirm the true faith that is given to them. That is, Those are not gifts that we see regularly in our modern-day church. It doesn't so. mean that the Holy Spirit could not work in those ways. It just means that now that we have the full revealed word of God. I mean, when he's in Ephesus, the book to, uh, the letter of the Ephesians wasn't written. When he was in Corinth, the letter to Corinthians wasn't written. Yeah. So these people needed more proof. God decided, so he gave them these special gifts. Uh-huh. So if someone today is baptized in a different faith, then do they get baptized again? If they're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're baptized in the name of the Triune God, and we do not baptize them again. The only time that we would baptize them again, even if they were using those, if the church that they were baptized in did not believe that Jesus was really God, or that the Holy Spirit was really God. And there are churches out there now that claim to believe in Jesus Christ, yet do not believe that he is God. Like Mormon? Yes. So that would be the only one. But it's again, the only one. <laughs> well, that would be the only one that I know of that in the in the sect of what the world views as the Christian faith oh, okay. that we baptize again. But people are baptized Christian. You're not baptized Lutheran, you're not baptized Catholic, you're not baptized Baptist, you're baptized Christian. And baptism is always something that God does for you, just like the Lord's Supper. Jesus gives you his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. Baptism, the Lord gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So just a counter-argument here. If John is baptizing people saying God is true God and Jesus is coming, you know, he's preaching that, you know, Jesus is the Lord, the Messiah, he's going to save you. Um, why isn't that a true baptism? If he's, he's still, he's still, I mean, I don't know exactly what he was teaching about the Holy Spirit, but I'm sure he, you know, believed in triune God. So why then wouldn't that 
if that's what he was teaching, you know, the Church of John, whatever is teaching the mm-hmm. truth, and he's baptized into the truth, then why wouldn't that baptism be good enough? Well, those baptisms for those people were valid baptisms for them, just like all of the people that lived before Jesus were not baptized. Mm-hmm. Um the Bible says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Right. Baptism is something that uh, creates or strengthens faith in our heart. It's it's an extra gift that God gives to us that creates faith that God has commanded. But before, before people knew this command of Jesus, they were not sinning. And you kind of have this transitionary period between... You know, Jesus is teaching and the and the books of the Bible being written. Yeah. So uh those people like these people in Ephesus, if some of them died before they were baptized and they believed in Jesus as their savior, of course they're in heaven. But now because Jesus has commanded and we know the command to baptize, we would not despise the command of Jesus and say, Well, I don't need to be baptized, that's not really a big deal. No, Jesus says, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, so we are baptized. It's kind of just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, anyway. So it was just like he ran into them, and then they wanted to be baptized again. It's not like they're seeking out all these other people, like, hey, we need to fix this, your baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of like a coincidence. It, it's not like they're on a quest to re-baptize everybody. No, okay. it's, yeah, they weren't baptized in this same way. Uh, and then we get down to the sons of Sceva, that this happened also with Jesus' apostles, that, or disciples, I should say, that there were others that were using the name of Jesus to drive out demons. And the disciples got upset about it. And Jesus said, well, just let them preach. You know, at least they're preaching the true message. Uh, This word of God should be for all. But these sons of Sceva, they, they seem to be doing it not to point people to Jesus and to the true God, but to be doing it to their own glory. Um... And when that happens, they are, they're playing with, I mean, they're playing with demons. They're, they're trying to go up against demons and fight. I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor. I know that God is more powerful than any demon. Yeah. But I do not go out looking for ghosts or demons. Right, but you we know? already talked about how... They're not as prevalent in today's society, or I mean, outright. No. As the as they would have been with demon possession at the time, but I think yeah that when they say some Jews went around driving out your evil spirits, it's not you know Jewish people who converted to the way as it's called here you know mm-hmm. Christianity, but they're they don't believe they if they were believing in Jesus true power then they would be called Christians or you know followers mm-hmm. of the way but since they're called Jews they're showing they don't have faith in Jesus so they don't have faith in Jesus but they're trying to use his name mm-hmm. and that's like 
I, I don't even know what to compare that to. <laughs> it's probably a good comparison out there. I can't think of it right Well, that now. would be just breaking the second commandment, using yeah. the name of the Lord in vain. Right, or, but, or like, I don't know, like if you were like, stop speeding, or, you know, the sheriff is going to get you, but you don't really like respect the sheriff. You know, like you're mm-hmm. just, it's like a threat, but you don't believe that the person has power, and you're just trying to like scare someone. Right, the, you're the using demon. that name for power, but you don't believe that power has authority yeah. over you. And the demon, I mean, obviously they're not all-knowing, but they do have some power and um, some knowledge, and he can see that that this person is lying or misusing this name, and and then, yeah, it attacks them. The only other thing I was noti- or noticing, I should say, is uh, he spent two years in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. I think sometimes when you are younger, or maybe I I might be just speaking for myself here, but when I was younger and you are in like grade school or Sunday school or something and you spend so much time learning about the Old Testament, so much time learning about Jesus' life, and then Jesus ascends into heaven and you got like two weeks left <laughs> before school's out and they're like, and then... Paul did this, and they show you, like, a map of Paul's missionary journeys, and, I mean, the timeline, I mean, just, like, this is how long the first journey took, this is how long the second journey took, um, I think from, I mean, at the schools I've been at, teaching and, and growing up, no, no teacher really got to spend very much time on Paul and his journeys, and until you get to high school and maybe dig in a little deeper into Acts or, I mean, that is if you go to a Lutheran high school um, or college, um, you know, a religious college, um, you don't get to really think about it. I think I just sort of thought like, oh, he stops at each of these places for a month and then moves on and like, hey, have you guys heard about Jesus? Okay, great. I got to go to the next town. I got a lot of places to go. Like just very busy, like a rock star. But Mm -hmm. to think that he spent two years here, and that's just mentioned in, like, one passage, you know? One verse says he spent two years here. So all the stuff he said and did and the miracles and the sermons, you know, that we don't even know, that's just a lot, you know, to put in a short section here. And then we're going to move on to, like, the next city in, in a, you know, a few minutes. So it's just kind of... Yeah, the journey, when you think about a journey, at least in my mind, it kind of implies that, especially when you know he's going to finish it, that his goal is to finish the journey. Yeah. And the goal of Paul is to spread the gospel message. So he's at a city, and he's there as long as he needs to be until he gets kicked out yeah. or something happens, and then he says, oh, well, where's the next city I can yeah. go to? Well, it's kind of like our American view of time and maybe not american but our present day culture is like you make a you make a plan to go on a trip you usually know the start and the end date you know i'm mm-hmm. going on this mission trip or i'm going to serve for one year in africa or mm-hmm. you know i might extend it another year but nobody stays you know in these places for more than five years and then i'll come back and do well, you know like people are all about advanced planning and you know it's just kind of it's interesting he spent so long there and it's also interesting to me that he spent so long there and we don't know 
everything he did because we have lots and lots of details about the three years Jesus spent and then mm-hmm. it's just like and then Paul spent two years here <laughs> and I didn't yeah. have a lot of other details but well the point is it's not about Paul no no it's no. about what the Holy Spirit is doing right. through Paul which is creating these great churches I'm sure he did a lot of great stuff there it's just you know interesting right. to me well, I just it's about to, to go downhill for him so oh, oh okay <laughs> spoilers all right, let's keep reading with verse 17. When this became known to the Jews, this being uh, the demon beating up everybody, when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Drachmas. A note here. A drachma was a silver coin worth about a day's wage. Mm-hmm. So 50,000 days wages. In that way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, Erastus of, to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. All right, so that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Everybody burning their bad things and yeah, really revering, revering the name of the Lord. All right, a riot in Ephesus, verse 23. About that same time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. Way is capitalized here. If you're not reading along, I would recommend it because it's hard just to listen to me read. But if you've got a Bible or a Bible app, read along with me. And um, you would see that this is capital W, which is, is means the way, like Christian movement at the time. Correct. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> about that time, there grew, arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in no little no little business for the craftsmen. He called them together, along with the workmen and related trades, and said, Men, you know we receive a good income from this business, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus, and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. There's danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in an uproar. Then they, the people seized Gal- Gaius and... Oh boy... <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, Gaius and Aristocris, Paul's traveling companions mm-hmm. from Macedonia, and rushed as one man into the theater. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. Okay, so let's before we read on, let's clarify what's happening here. So the people who make silver and create gods, basically, don't want to be run out of business. 
Yeah. And they get upset and they start like riling everyone up in the city. Mm-hmm. And they grab his traveling buddies and take them into the theater. What is the theater? Is this like the public square where they talk? Like, like Coliseum type big amphitheater type thing for so are they gonna put them like on trial or are they rushing them in there is that where they would have been teaching or what do you know it would have been an opportunity for a large group to gather and prominent voices to be heard so it's 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 like they're gathering a mob yeah together in this large open place so they're not in the streets you know around and no one can hear um, so the Greek gods, they'd have localities where they would be stronger. And there seems to be a great temple here to Artemis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's their whole business. They're selling Artemis idols. And all of a sudden, no one's worshiping these gods anymore. So they're completely motivated by greed. Yeah. And seems they do believe in the pagan god oh he's gonna she's gonna be robbed of her glory as well but um yeah so very upset they take these two guys with the names i didn't pronounce right into here and then paul was going to go in and like he was gonna try try and reason with them them or okay talk Mm -hmm. with them and he's being talked out of this by multiple people yeah because the They're, crowd is so unruly like don't go in there mm-hmm. okay continuing on the assembly was in confusion some were shouting one thing some another most of the people did not even know why they were there the jews pushed alexander to the front and some of the crowd shouted instructions to him he motioned <coughs> excuse me he motioned for silence in order to make a defense for the people before the people But when they realized he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. It's a long time to shout. It's a long time. (laughs) In college, when we read this verse, we went back to the dorms and we tried to do it. Just keep yelling at the top of our lungs the same thing. And think it only, we were able to do like six or seven minutes and then... I wouldn't do it even that long. (laughs) Okay, verse 35. The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Men of Ephesus, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to be quiet and do not do anything rash. You have, been brought, you have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody the courts are open and there are pro counsels it can press charges if there's anything if then demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody the courts are open and there are pro counsels they can press charges if there's anything further you want to bring up it must be settled in a legal assembly as it is we are in a danger of being charged with rioting because of today's events In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion, since there is no reason for it. After he said this, he dismissed the assembly. Yeah, so this guy seems to have a lot of power and sway. And it could be city clerk. City clerk. And it could be after two hours of shouting, if people were a little bit tired and their 
voices were worn out, so they actually listen. It's hard to keep a frothy mob chanting for more than two hours in one place. I'm just surprised they didn't, like, hurt them in that time. Like, they just are just shouting and arguing, and what's the point? Like, most of their cities, they were beating them, stoning them, telling them to get out, but, you know, they're just standing around yelling all this time. What are they waiting for? Well, they're probably waiting for someone to stand up and actually speak and let them know really what's going on. Yeah. I mean, they're upset, but what he brings up is like, they didn't rob the temple. They didn't say anything directly against Artemis. They're just preaching that there's one true God and idols of stone aren't real. And they would have believed the, the idols, you know, have power, but there really is a God called Artemis or a goddess called Artemis that came down here once and that's who we're worshiping. So they they well, just make the point she's not specifically attacking us, so we can't do this. And they're afraid that the Romans are going to come in and just, there's a mob and yeah, really punish them. Well, and I guess it goes back to also that they've been there for two years. You know, it's not like they just walked in mm-hmm. and annoyed everybody. They have been living in the city for two years and even if there's their certain businesses are starting to suffer two years later they are probably you know prominent figures in the city i mean and they have a good enough track record that they're not that they're not going to get beat up and killed mm-hmm. there might have been some people arguing in there for them mm-hmm. or like you know slow down slow down or is this like Athens where people enjoy debating and discussing new ideas? You'd think that Greek places would do that, but So I, maybe they did just want to like argue about it and Well it seems they want to do more. They I wanna, just feel like two hours is a long time. If they wanted to do more or hurt them or whip them yeah. could have done a lot and it doesn't mention that, so it just seems like they wanted to get their business back and they were frustrated and Mm-hmm. Who knows, but... Well, we'll talk more about Ephesus in the chapters to come, so... Great. Okay, well, let's end it there. We've had a lot of discussion so far, yep. so... All right, have a good day. All right, bye. scooby dooby dooby doo Pastor Ann, Laura, wake up.